You're listening to audio from Redwood Baptist Church. If you need any more information about us, go to weareredwood.org. We hope that the message that you're about to hear will strengthen you, encourage you, and make you more like Jesus. Blessings. Well, once again, Merry Christmas. I'm going to be saying that a lot this month, all right? Merry Christmas. If you would, take your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter number 10. I can't promise you we'll get out, here, get out of here early, but we'll do our best. We're just going to look into the Word this morning and allow the Holy Spirit to work. And so Luke chapter number 10. We were in Luke 11 this morning, if you weren't here, and we talked about Jesus and prayer. And uh, Jesus' disciples asked him to teach them how to pray. And yet we talked about that this morning. We should have that recorded. If you want to look back at that, you can check it out on our website. We'll have it up there this week. We talked about prayer, praying with persistence, the promise that comes with that, and then how our Heavenly Father, we can have the confidence of going to Him where He will answer with, his, with our best interest in mind. But we're going to stay in the book of Luke this morning, and we're going to look at Luke chapter number 10. Luke chapter number 10. I'm going to get right there, and then we will begin. Say amen if you had a great Thanksgiving time. Amen? Amen. Good. I could see it. I'm just kidding. Okay? You can see it too. So, Luke chapter number 10. Let's begin reading here at verse 38. Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. This is Jesus. And she, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Look at verse number 40. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Verse 41, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So this morning, for the next few moments, I'd like to preach a message entitled, Crazy Busy. Crazy Busy. Raise your hand if you could relate to that picture. Anybody? Yeah. That's not an actual human, okay? No, I'm just kidding. That's a picture of being crazy busy. So let's pray, and we'll jump right into it. Father, we thank you so much for all that you have done for us and in our lives. And we pray that, God, you would continue to work. We pray that in this moment, that, Lord, you would meet with us, help our hearts to be open, and, God, help me to articulate your word as best I can. And, Father, may you be honored and glorified through it all. I pray, Lord, as this morning we have to face if we are crazy busy, God, I pray that we would allow your Holy Spirit to check our hearts this morning. Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I think most of you guys can agree with me that life is busy. Sometimes I find myself admiring the little kids, right? They're in here in the service. I admire them because they don't have to care about anything, all right? Their life, really, it isn't busy, okay? They wake up, they eat, they play, they just hang out. The only thing they really have to worry about is not getting in trouble, okay? 
but their life really isn't busy. And sometimes I think to myself, man, I wish I could go back to being a little kid and, and know that I was a little kid and enjoy that time of being a little kid. Life is busy. And we have schedules. We have places to be. And little kids, they don't have any demands or lists of things to accomplish. But they will soon discover, I'm sorry, little kids, this is church. You will become an adult. And you will have bills. And you will have responsibilities. But you can still have joy, okay? And so, for many of us, we are busy. We are busy with work, family, commitments, ever-increasing schedules, busy with vacations, busy with friends, busy with all sorts of things, you name it. I think we can all relate to busyness even more since we are in the two most busiest times of the year, kind of in the middle, right? We just finished Thanksgiving, and that was pretty busy, and then now we have this little short break, and then all of a sudden we're jumping right in to Christmas, right? The most busiest time, no, the most wonderful time of the year, but at the same time, very, very busy. No doubt you were busy these last couple of days, traveling, prepping, and getting ready to spend time with family and friends, and now as we enter into this Christmas season, things will get even more busy. But if we're not careful, we can allow this busyness to rob us of certain things that are vital to our Christian lives. As we live this fast-paced life weekend and week out, we need to pay attention to our spiritual health during these times. And this morning, I want us to look at some important areas of our Christian lives from this account in Luke that can be endangered if we are crazy busy, okay? So number one, if you're taking notes this morning, number one, this is super simple. Our relationship with Jesus. Our relationship with Jesus. See, the most important relationship that a Christian has is their relationship with God, and at least it should be. And, I, what, and what I find in my own life is that when I am crazy busy and I have things I need to do and things on my mind, and one of the first things that suffer, to be honest, is that relationship, is that walk, is that time, that intimacy, that getting away with Jesus that I need, that's vital in my life, that begins to suffer. See, for most Christians, the basics of our relationship with God, for some reason, it's hard to live out, right? We got prayer, Bible reading, right? Worship. It's those types of things that build our relationship, and yet when we're crazy busy, oftentimes those are the things that get left out. Those are the things that begin to suffer. Those are the things that begin to be weeded out. See, the basics of our relationship is that prayer, it's that Bible reading, it's that worship. And if we're not careful, we will substitute our own personal relationship for the one on Sunday and say we're good. See, this Sunday morning is not where you should be getting the bulk of what's going on in your Christian life. This is a one-stop, pit-stop. This is where you get to gather with God's people, be refreshed, but if you're just living off of Sunday, that's not going to help you spiritually. If you're just coming on Sunday, that's just not going to help you spiritually. It's not going to make you spiritually healthy. You're only eating on one day. Try to do that with actual eating, right? You ain't going to do so well. And here's the other thing. 
when we get super busy, we sometimes forget to eat. Is that true? Anybody? When you're super busy, you forget to eat? For me, I try not to do that, okay? If I get super busy, I need to make sure that I get busy eating, okay? Because the thing is, I, I can't function. I got to eat, all right? I need that energy, that Starbucks energy, okay? So I need to eat. But for some of us, we get so busy that we actually forget to eat. And yet that is what happens in our Christian lives. We get so crazy busy that we actually forget to eat what is so vital for our souls. Prayer, Bible reading, worship. You see, our relationship with Jesus should be of utmost importance. And if we let busyness creep in, it will rob us of that reality. That's why it's important we pay attention to what stirs up our affections for Jesus and what robs our affections for Jesus. You see, Jesus places some serious worth on the relationship. In Luke 14, 25 through 26, it says this, And there went a great multitude with them, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me, and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. If you're not, if you haven't been in Christianity for so long, you could read that verse and go, whoa, that's, <laughs> that's pretty extreme. Jesus is using this word hate. Hate, your, hate your, your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brethren, your sisters. Hate even your own life? That doesn't make any sense. But what Jesus is saying is not to hate them in a malicious way, but it's by loving him so supremely that it looks like every relationship is hated. It's by loving Jesus so supremely that it looks like you hate your life. Now here's the cool thing about that whole verse, that when you love Jesus supremely, guess who you'll love even better? your father, your mother, your sister, your brother, and yourself. When you love Jesus the most, you will love people better. And yet Jesus says that for us. See, God himself is jealous for this relationship. Exodus 34, 14, For thou shalt worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. He's jealous in all the right ways. If we are not careful, we can make a God out of busyness. As we look back at our text this morning, we can find a striking resemblance, not to Mary, not to Jesus, but we can find a striking resemblance to Martha. For the most part, we resemble Martha. We are busy. We have things to do. We are blowing. We are going. Luke 10, 40 through 42. Let's look at our text this morning. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. And came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. See, when all the while we're missing out what is most important and needful, don't let busyness rob you of what is needful. We find two demonstrations here. We find Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus is there. We find Martha just around Jesus, serving around Jesus, doing all she can, in a sense, for Jesus. But what a shame it would be 
if we were so busy doing things for Jesus that we actually miss Jesus. You know, sometimes I find myself in this Christmas season many times to where I'm like Martha, I'm going, I'm blowing, I'm doing things for the church, man. It's Christmas time. But yet I never met Jesus. I missed him because I was doing things for him and not doing it with him. And here's the thing we have to understand. Oh, how Christmas would be different if the focal point of the season got our attention and not just our perspiration. Oh, if Jesus would get the attention, not just our perspiration. Jesus would want you to sit. You know, sometimes if we think about it, dirty dishes that doesn't need to be attended to right away could actually be sin if you disobey the Holy Spirit saying, sit down and spend time with me. If we think about it sometimes, we allow busyness to rob us of that relationship. And the good things that we think, I got to get done. I got to answer this. I got to do this. I got to do that. Yet at the sacrifice of the relationship actually becomes, can I say it? Sin. If that's what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. Just think about it. The dishes, they'll be washed sometime. Spend time with the Lord. Spend time with Jesus. It would be a shame if we missed Jesus during Christmas. Even Jesus himself took away, took time away from the busyness of the crowds. You got to think about it. Jesus was busy, right? He was on a mission. If there was somebody busy, it was Jesus. And here's the thing, Luke 5, 15 through 16 says this, but so much the more went there a fame abroad of him and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Just think about it. When Jesus was here on earth, he only healed a certain amount of people. Do you know that? When Jesus was here on earth, he only met a certain amount of people, and there was a lot of people who needed Jesus' help, but Jesus at oftentimes had to withdraw himself from the busyness. He needed time as well. See, just think about it. Jesus was in high demand. If you knew somebody that could heal, right, that person would be 24 hours busy. But even our Lord would escape the busyness of life and take time for himself, depart and pray. See, there's an importance on our relationship and our spiritual health. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, not only is this for a salvation verse, but a sanctification verse we need to claim. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Some of us need to come back to that. Lord, give us rest. Number two. Not only could it rob us of our relationship with Jesus, number two, it could rob us of our joy. Our joy. See, busyness can also rob us of joy. And as a Christian, our lives should be marked by joy. There are certain things our lives should be marked by. And one of those things is joy. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, 
peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Philippians 4.4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. John 15.11 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Now when someone is crazy busy, think about yourself right here at this point. When somebody is crazy busy, or when you're crazy busy, or when I'm crazy busy, most often we experience something we call stress and anxiety. Anybody there? Stress and anxiety? You feel that? It starts creeping up? These are the opposites of joy. Joy is stable and calm. There was something interesting that I, that I was, as I was studying this, there was a study done that revealed that those who commute to work experience greater levels of stress than fighter pilots and riot police. That's crazy. Greater levels of stress. Trying to get to work and make it on time can be stressful, especially if you're going to be late. Everyone, has anyone felt that way? You woke up too late and you jumped in your car? I remember when I was, um, let me see, let me go back. I'm not too old. Shh. 22. Let's just say 22. That's a good year. So when I was 22, um, I was working at a beautiful health place. And since this is California, there's a lot of good health places. So I was working at Dunkin' Donuts, okay? And that's a great place, very healthy. And yes, amen. And I was working there. My hours were ridiculous. It was just different type of hours, right? I worked only three days, but I worked 40 plus hours a week. So it was cool that I got the next four days off, but I had to work really hard hours the first three days. So I lived in Pennsylvania and my job was in New Jersey. So I had to cross the bridge every single day. It was about a 30 minute drive, but the time I had to get up and get to work was about one o'clock in the morning. And I would start work about 2 o'clock. So I always wanted to make sure that I was prepared. I always wanted to get there early because uh, they had Dunkin' Donuts hot chocolate out right away. And so I would work. And um, the, what I did was I was a packing boy, um, kind of helped the driver. And I would unpack the truck. And these trucks were huge. And they had frozen donuts. And that kind of killed me because I thought every donut that Dunkin' Donuts made was fresh. But there were some frozen ones, right? And I was kind of devastated. I was like, oh, you lied to me. And so... I would help unpack the frozen donuts, help unpack, you know, all the stuff, the, the, the whatever they had. And I remember this one time I, I slept in too, too late. I jumped into my car, and I'm just going crazy. I'm like, oh, man, I can't miss because they're very strict. If you miss even your time because you get a scheduled driver every day, it's different. And so you can't miss your time. They're very strict on that. And I'm like, I need this job, all right? I'm trying to save up for college. I'm trying to get to Bible college, you know? And I jump in my car, and it's, it's the middle of December. So in Pennsylvania, you got snow. It's freezing. You have to warm up your car for like an hour. And, um, and so I get in my car. It's like frozen. I got ice everywhere. I'm trying to get it all off. I get in the car. I turn it on, and I start driving. And I'm like, all right, the heat will just melt everything around me as I keep going. So I'm driving, right? And all of a sudden, I like, look on my dashboard, and I see like this temperature gauge thing just start going crazy. And my star card's slowing down, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I'm freaking out. I don't know anything about cars at this time except that they drive. And I'm going crazy, and I'm like, oh, no, I need to get there. And so I am just start praying, Lord, just help me to go, and I'm just chugging along. It took me about 40 minutes to get to work, 
and I made it there. My car was kind of smoking from the top, you know, kind of like in those movies, and you, and you like make it. I barely made it into a parking spot until it stopped, okay? Jump out of there, got right to the driver before he was leaving, so I made it. But wow, I thought I lost a lot of my hair that day. My, my hairline was right here. By that time it was over, it was right here, okay? And I was so stressed out. If you were to try to come and talk to me, I was so mad. I was like, don't, don't talk to me. Like, you know, and uh, Dunkin' Donuts did not have a good employee that day. And so I just, I know what it feels like, and I kind of can understand, wow, that much stress. And yet, I didn't have any joy. And yet, when we're crazy busy, we can turn into kind of a monster, right? You know what it's like. You've lashed out here and there towards family members, friends. When you're stressed out, you have anxiety. One man said this, when we live our lives frantic and frenzied, we are more prone to anxiety, resentment, impatience, and irritability. And if we go back to our text this morning, we find this to be true of Martha. She was definitely someone you didn't want to be around at that time. Kind of like, in a different sense, bridezilla, right? Ladies, Raise your hand if you were bridezilla during your wedding. Nope, my wife wasn't. I was, okay? <laughs> You're in that frantic, crazy, stressed out anxiety. Let's look here at verse 40. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And I love how Jesus responds, and I feel like I could picture it this way. The Bible says, a soft answer turneth away wrath. And I just think of this verse, and I think about how caring Jesus would have spoken to a frantic, frenzied out Martha, and how he wants to speak to us this morning. He says, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. And yet we find here, she's becoming very irritable and absent of joy. See, you and I have to pay attention to our spiritual health. That we are not being robbed of our relationship with Jesus and we're not being robbed of our joy because it is a miserable way to live when you have no joy. See, Jesus saved us so that we could have a life of abundance. Jesus saved us so we can have a life of excitement. Jesus saved us so we can have a life of enjoyment. And yet Jesus saved us so we can have a life to the full. Now again, here's the thing, busy, being busy isn't bad, and I don't want you to think that if you're busy, you're bad. But it becomes bad when it robs you of the things that are needful. So don't let it endanger your walk with Jesus, and don't let it rob you of your joy. And then finally here this morning, I'm going to get you out in just a little bit. Number three, our passion. Our passion. If we're not careful, our passion for Jesus could get swept away in the busyness of life. Our affections that once were set in Jesus and burning for him can be easily put out by busyness. We have so much to do, and what happens is we begin to give our hearts away to our professions, to our projects, and to our hopefulness of a promotion. We begin to study, I mean, subtly make idols out of all these things, and by the time you know it, our hearts are gone. What moved us no longer moves us anymore. All we can think about is work and the busyness of life. We begin to take on and sometimes not even want, but it ends up on our plate, the demand for more and more and more. I know you're not trying to lose passion for Jesus, 
And if I were to ask you who wants to lose passion for Jesus this morning, none of you would raise your hand. I would doubt that, that you would raise your hand. But by default, if we don't pay attention to how busy we can automatically be as time goes on, we can begin to edge out our passion for him by default. One man said, busyness is like a sin. If we don't kill it, it will kill us. And if we look at the story of Mary, Martha, and Jesus again, Martha was in a sense passionate about what she was doing, but she lost passion for who was actually in her house. Sometimes busyness can transfer our passion to other things that do not deserve it. Psalm 73, 25 through 26, the psalmist says this, Who have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. We cannot let busyness rob us of the passion and desire, the reality that we need him. We need Jesus. We need him. We need his grace. We need his mercy. We need his strength day in and day out. I know for me as well, busyness can rob me of my passion of worship. One of the things I love to do here every single Sunday and prepare throughout the week is to get us ready to sing. To sing. To worship through song. And yet sometimes if I'm doing things for Jesus, I miss out on worship with Jesus. And I pray, Lord, just don't let this be redundant. Lord, just don't let this be a routine. If we're coming up with songs, if we're doing songs, please, Lord, let it be songs that affect the heart, not just something I have to do through the week, but that I look forward to, to bring to the people of God so that they can really have passion for Jesus. Psalms 29.2, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Psalm 95.6, oh, come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. And Psalm 99.5, exalt the Lord our God. Worship at his footstool. Holy is he. Let me finish here this morning. These next months is going to be busy. I meant this next month, right? These next weeks, it's Christmas. We're going to prepare. We're going to get ready. We have, I gave you a whole list of stuff here on the worship guide that you got to be ready for, right? But here's the thing. Let's not be busy for Jesus. Let's not miss him. Let's let Jesus be with us in what we're doing. Take the time to walk with the Lord. Take the time to spend with the Lord in prayer, in Bible reading. I promise you, the Christmas season will be a lot much better. It will be much better with Jesus than for Jesus. You will love the Christmas story a whole lot more with Jesus than for Jesus. You will sing a whole lot better with Jesus than for Jesus. Let's not let busyness make us crazy busy. Let's pray.